Do you love making movies as hard and you want to listen to more episodes? Jump over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash MMIH and you can listen to the entire back catalog of episodes for just $1.99 a month. That's an additional 300 episodes that aren't on iTunes that you can listen to whenever you please. But without any more blibber blabber. Back to the show! You know, making movies is hard. Making movies is hard. Welcome, this is the podcast about the struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Purcell, the founding host of the podcast, and my sci-fi horror filmmaker, and my first feature film, The Alternate, is out now on digital DVD and Tubi. I'm Liz Manichel. I'm a writer, director, producer who's made two features, Bread and Butter and Speed of Life, and I'm currently making others, including a horror comedy called Best Friends Forever. I'm a distribution consultant who does sales, and I used to manage Sundance's creative distribution initiative. On this Thursday bonus episode, we're going to play the interview from episode 231 with prolific director Eduardo Castrillo about how he has directed so many features, so, so many. I don't remember the number, but it's like at least 10, I think, and probably by this point, probably more like 15, and how he's kept doing it over and over and over. I think it's a great pairing for the John Garcia episode because I think they're like very similar, but also extremely different. You know, like they're both very prolific directors, but Eduardo is like more of a genre guy, like working in action and, you know, horror and war movies and all kinds of other crazy movies. But John is more of like, you know, in the, I would, I don't know what you'd say, like drama romantic romantic drama romantic comedy thing but i guess he also has done genre movies too so i don't know but anyways i feel like they're a good match for each other but after that stick around because we play another round of you're the expert but first don't forget to check out our patreon page www.patreon.com slash mmih podcast this is where the show will be able to survive through everyone's support we've had a lot of people joining recently which is amazing so thank you all for coming on and joining the show it's also the place where you can get all our back episodes so basically episodes one through 350 i think at this point are all behind the paywall so if you want to listen to the full versions of these episodes not just like the interview that we show on the the throwback episodes the only way to do it is by signing up for 199 a month through our patreon page so make sure to check that out but without any other further bibble babble here's our throwback interview with edward castrillo Welcome, Eduardo. Thank you for having me. And I probably like butchered your last name. How do you say it? What, Castrillo? Castrillo? Okay, so I was pretty close. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Um, so just a little tiny little short story. Eduardo and I actually met in person probably like three or four years ago at the first ever San Francisco Comic Con. Um, I was there uh, in my Starfleet uniform uh, representing... <laughs> And uh, I was there because one of my short films, actually two of my short films are playing at the film festival. And um, yeah, it was really fun. And Eduardo was there promoting his films and doing his thing. And it was really, I was like so, so stoked to meet him. He's like a Bay Area filmmaker who had made multiple features. And I didn't know that that existed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's, there's a few of us out there. Oh yeah? Yeah. I I could probably introduce you to some, um, but they do exist. Yeah. They've made more than one or two. (laughs) <laughs> yes i mean really uh, you know wow, they, there, there is there you know that saying um 
There's a lot of first-time filmmakers, not a lot of right. second-time. <laughs> I, I know a lot of first-time uh, or, or f- people who have directed one feature. I know yeah. a lot of those. I don't know a lot who have made more than, like, one. <laughs> right. And then less that have made more, like, way few that have made more than two. Right. You know? so. right. And, Eduardo, you and I made our first feature the same year, and then I just wrapped my second feature, and you just wrapped your sixth feature. So I'm just saying, like, oh, my God, you're amazing, is what I want to say. <laughs> uh, believe me, I, I probably should have <laughs> took that break as well. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's not like a, I didn't choose this break. <laughs> no, no, no. I hear you. <laughs> it's just that's the time it's taken Liz to make her second yeah. movie. And you, in that same amount of time, have made five more. Please so, tell me how. <laughs> tell us all how you did There's this. no no breaks being taken. <laughs> <laughs> well, so... I have no social life whatsoever. So that's that's the secret. <laughs> is that true? Wait, are you saying that as a joke or is it true? Uh, you know what? Somewhat. Um, to answer one of your questions I had saw on the outline. I don't know if people are supposed to know that there's an outline. But, oh. um, <laughs> but just ahead. to answer, um, <laughs> I work multiple jobs. And I have my day job and then I have my night job. And then I oh had, wow! And last year I had three jobs, so I had to finally leave one once I oh, didn't wow. need it anymore. But yeah, I I I just work a lot, and then I uh, you know one of the jobs I can pay all my bills and do everything like that, and then the second job I get to use for fun, comic cons, filming, whatever I want to do, pretty much. So wait, so what are your jobs like? Like lay them out. So I work a day job at Google. And oh um, shit, you got Google money. I see. <laughs> there you go. For any single ladies that are listening, I have Google money. No, yeah, I'm just but you kidding. have I'm no kidding. time to hang out with them. So why know, are right? you like? <laughs> um. So I work at Google, and at night I work at a Muay Thai gym. What? Oh, yeah. nice. That's awesome. Yeah, you told me that I think when we met that you like were worked at a, a gym, the, the gym that you trained at, you that you worked at it. That's pretty cool. Oh, uh, correct. Yeah, that was probably my first year working there too. Oh, nice. Yep. That was wow, before man. the Google money. <laughs> oh, that was before the Google money. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, what do you do at Google? Is it a film related job or absolutely what are you doing there? not? I <laughs> <laughs> I test. Uh, I do. I work for Street View, so I test maps. I do a lot of mapping. I do a lot of, um, yeah, pretty much just testing. We, I go in, try to collect data, and kind of see how it reflects on the. Um, I don't know if you ever seen those cars that do mapping. They have like the big yeah. camera on top. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I would carry that thing on my back or whatever, and try to see, you know, try to get it to work. And then before we put it on the cars, before they transfer it to other states or whatever. So yeah, a lot of mapping. Wow. Wow, nice. Mm-hmm. And then um, we we kind of skip this part, but just give us a, a really quick bio on who you are, on your background, and like your filmmaking, whatever else you want to say about yourself. Just like you know, in a minute or so, just lay it all out for us. Sure. So you know, you hear those stories about those um, directors that when they were kids, like Spielberg, they would go out and shoot with their like Super Eight cameras and things like that. I was not that at all. <laughs> I was just another neighborhood kid breaking windows, getting into fights, doing all that kind of crazy stuff. And then um, somewhere around high school, I kind of calmed down. And uh, I started um, 
watching movies i i would skip football practice every friday <laughs> to uh go watch a new movie so i remember like during this time like underworld came out like all these things back then and then uh, once upon a time in mexico came out and that movie just blew my mind and from then on i was like watching all rodriguez movies all tarantino i didn't even know who these guys were but i was kind of i was learning about film you know i was learning about different things all the way up and then sometime after i graduated high school i took two years of acting school and then from there i went to film school in san francisco for about four years before graduating and i just been oh, doing wow. i've been doing features since and um what school did you go to yeah the art institute in san francisco oh nice cool yeah so yeah. wait, when did you when did you when did you graduate? Was that in 2012 or 2011 or something or 2014? Oh wow! So yeah. you made your first feature while you were in school? Yes, it was oh, my senior damn. project. It Holy was my shit. senior project, and they did not want me to do that at all. <laughs> of course not. They want no. you to make a short film or something. Right? Yes, everyone was. <laughs> the requirement was everyone's supposed to do a short film. But I had been shooting short films when I was in school, right? You know, I just I just kept doing it and doing short films. I must have made like 40 short films when I was in school. 40 short films? Yeah, Holy whether shit. they were documentaries or narrative, whatever, I just, I just went and did it. And um, so when time came to do my senior project, I wasn't just going to do another short film. I had already done a bunch. And so I went wow. and tried to do a feature, and I successfully did it. And... Um, Amazing. They gave they gave me a D. <laughs> oh wow, what? that's hilarious! Yeah. <laughs> They're fired. They're like, this I'm is a feature, them. not a short. <laughs> you have a D. <laughs> exactly. They were not happy at all. <laughs> Do you funny. act to get the films made, like, or or is all of this because you love to act? Like, you went to acting school first, so I'm I'm really curious about that. You know, someone had asked me that. Um, in an interview where they're like, Oh, did you, you know, go to film school so you to make your own acting jobs? Cause you know, a lot of people do that. And I was like, hell no, excuse my language. <laughs> but, um, even now, so I've done six feature films. I've only appeared in like half of them. Um, to me, they're completely separate vehicles, you know, um, <laughs> right. it's just, um, learning how to tell a story. And I just went through different ways to do that. So for the acting, if if something comes up, you know, I'll do it and everything like that. But I try when I write stories, I really don't write with any roles with myself in mind or anything like that. Um, a lot of times if I take a role, it just kind of happens, you know. Wow, that's funny. But I mean, half of them is still a lot to act in, you know, <laughs> because I've <laughs> acted in zero of my movies. And the idea of acting in one of mine like scares the shit out of me. So I mean, I feel like if you were in three out of six of your features, that's that's a pretty good number. <laughs> <laughs> well one of them it was like one scene like <laughs> we just needed a paramedic oh, and so okay. we just yeah we needed a paramedic so me and my brother we jumped in and like you know we yeah, had yeah, the yeah. clothing and stuff and then the second one kind of the same thing i only appeared in the end and then the third one worth i was actually the lead which i don't know if i'll do again <laughs> it, was, oh, wow. it was hard it's it was really hard to direct and lead a film i don't know how a lot of people that's do the it. That's the Muay Thai or boxing one, right? That you were in Correct. or something? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a slew of questions, but Liz, do you have a question? You should go. 
I just I just keep on thinking about the fact that you've made six in the time that I've made two. And I'm just sitting here like gobsmacked. <laughs> and I'm just thinking like, I think I'm a really busy person. Like, how, I, just can't, <laughs> I can't fathom how you did this. Do you edit them? Do you shoot them? Like, what do you outsource? Um, so let's see. Yes, I do edit my films. Um, I have a cinematographer though. I do not, I don't shoot anymore. I haven't touched well, it's a... just, I, You're so lazy. I just can't believe that yeah. you would. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't touched a camera in such a long time. I, I, I just know that he is a lot better than me <laughs> at <laughs> camera work, you know? So there's no reason for me to do it. Same thing. Like I don't do my own sound anymore. <laughs> like, you know, when you're first <laughs> starting call. out, when you're first starting out, you do everything, you know, when you're in school, you do everything. And then eventually people will start to help you and things like that. Once they start seeing you're serious and things, they'll gravitate towards you. And um, I've been lucky. Let's see. My first film, I had I had a little bit of a crew. I would say we would have maybe five to ten people on set every time, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. And we were able to shoot it and I edited it and finished it. Took about a year and and how did you pay for it or did you just like everyone work for free like how how did you get that movie made uh it was kind of like i was working at best buy at the time and it was just like paycheck to paycheck like i feel it took a year but it was because i was paying for everything like during that year you know <laughs> like i it was never all at once i never i've till this day i've never had like all my budget at once you know right except right. Ac- except my second film my second film hunting season um, a producer came in and had the money and, you know, took care of all that stuff for me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, well, we'll get to that. So sure. was that, so that was, so wait, so, okay. So you made, um, your first movie and that was, you, you, you self-financed it, uh, with your paychecks basically, or did you uh, do crowdfunding or I did paychecks. I crowdfunded. I only got I got two thousand. I'm not going to say only because a lot of people gave me money and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> but I got I got two thousand for from crowdfunding, and I think my mom gave me like four grand. I want to wow. say. Um, oh man, I don't remember the exact number. Uh, she probably does, but uh, <laughs> of course she does. she's got it written down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I made it for about twelve grand. So I would oh, say man. half came wow. from. Out, you know, either my mom and crowdsourcing, and then the rest came, yeah, from like my little Best Buy paycheck. So you're not, you can't be paying people for twelve thousand dollars, right? Like they must be coming as donations, uh, somewhat, or... like because it was still in school, right? And so it wasn't like like the crew was getting paid or anything like that. Like it was like they were getting fed. Um, we paid the sound guy because like <laughs> their sound, they're we, we just. We just don't know how to do sound. Let's face it. You, you just have to you pay need, sound. You need a sound professional. Yes, there's and they, very few sound people are going to do it for free. That's exactly, for sure. unless it's like another film student who's kind of in the same boat, like holding a microphone. Like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But um, yeah, it's yeah, you, you know. So we paid the sound guy, uh, my crew, and cast. You know, a lot of them worked for free and stuff like that. Uh, because again. It was uh, a Bay Area feature, and none, no one in the film school had done it. I don't think anybody had done it since. But yeah, I'm just uh, gonna brush my ego a little bit. But <laughs> no, <Nah>, but <laughs> nice. um, again, you know, it was like, oh yeah, you know, he's 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 trying it. He's going after a feature, and so everyone kind of like shot on board. Everyone was um, very very helpful in that. You know, very supportive and. 
It was, I don't know if you guys know about it. It was a Western samurai werewolf film. <laughs> yeah. And so. it's badass. So people Amazing. were, once they read the script, they didn't know how I was going to do it. But they wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> and we finished it. We actually shot it. And we had Asian people speaking Japanese. <laughs> and we had people in an old West town riding horses and wearing old Western clothing and doing all That's this amazing. kind of stuff. And we had someone in a freaking hand-built werewolf suit running around <laughs> biting people. And it was um, it was an adventure. Uh, my school was probably right to try to stop me from doing it. It was very exhausting. No, that's and, not uh, true. They you did was, the right thing. <laughs> it was like it was very hard, and um, it completely changed my life. And so, Where can people see that? Uh, the movie is called The Last Wolf at Ezo, and it is on Amazon. It's on Vudu. It's on Tubi. It it got pretty uh, wide distribution, so it's out Wait. there. I don't, and I tend to be the persistent, annoying. Per- I, I've now decided what my role is, Alric, and it's the annoying, <laughs> persistent one. Um, right. I I just am going to constantly figure out how you did this. Um, did you market any like after each film? I have a feeling we're probably going to talk about every one of your films. Can you tell me how much time you spent marketing and if you oversaw distribution of each of these films? So did you do that for this one? I kind of did not. So I, because again, it was my first film. And when you're doing your first film, how the hell are you going to distribute? You know, that's like. Yeah, it's like you, you know don't even what know what distribution is. You don't know. Yeah, you yeah. know, you're going to send it to Sundance and then make a million dollars, right? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, let's see. I I had a friend who was, you know, kind of in the same boat. He, my friend, Sean Cunningham, he's also a Bay Area filmmaker. He did the movie The Shop. 65th which are both out in well there's two films one is the shop the other one's 65th they're all both in like wide distribution and stuff like that so he was seeking out distribution for the shop and when he got his contact he flew that contact to me and that's the distribution company that i yeah took a last wolf ezo to it's called maverick entertainment and they once I, you know, I had to do all my contracts and do all my paperwork and everything like that and then give them my um, deliverables, which is like, you know, your um, ProRes file, your all your, you know, your pictures, all, all, pretty much all your shit, right? Excuse my language. I don't know if I can swear on here. But uh, <laughs> all your stuff. We can and, swear, um, right, Ulrich? We were allowed to swear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Swear all you want. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so they, they took the movie. They put it out. And, uh, you know, uploaded it to platforms and things like that. And, um, yeah, but. Wait, so but did you make your money back from that movie? Can you say? I did not. I can tell you okay. that right now. Okay. I did not. Um, it didn't. Um, it didn't get beyond expenses, basically. Um, that's where, you know, you learn things like that. Like, yeah, there's there's expenses <laughs> and you have to hit a certain amount of number. Um Wait, so you made enough money to cover the the expense of the deliverables, but you did not make more money than that. Is that correct? Um, well, the, the deliverables weren't really, like, expensive. Like, it was maybe, like, a hard drive that I sent to them, you know, full of all that stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, it was just, you know, just the film to get out there and everything like that. And then, um, yeah, I, haven't, wow. I never made the money back on it. But some um, distribution, and it helped you get your second movie, right? It did. I mean, it did. Yeah, it helped me f- 
you know, basically a producer saw it and then he, he was going, this producer was originally going to fund someone else's movie and then I swooped it. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. Hey. Damn. I, I didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> you just did it by accident. <laughs> I kind of did it by accident. I, I, I thought I was done making films, right? Cause I was like. The other one, it was really, I mean, it wasn't like really expensive, but I was just like, I was tired. You know, it takes, it takes a year. You guys know it is films are hard. Right. It took like a year out of me. Um, I was in college. College sucked. Um, I had broken up with like my college girlfriend and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just tired and everything like that. You had a social and, life and it, it hurt you. And, so <laughs> and it that, hurt me. Exactly. Yes. It, I could not juggle both. I could not juggle school, working, filming, and having a girlfriend. It was just too much. Um, oh, wait, okay. I figured it out. Yeah. You're channeling all your sexual energy into these films. That is how you do pretty it. Much, uh, this, I, I, Ulrich, I, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty solver. Pretty much. Exactly. All right. So let's all go sell it, a bit, it, it, and then we can all make our movies. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what you have to do. I mean, why do you think like Quentin Tarantino has feet in all this film? Like, you know, <laughs> he's just getting whatever his frustration is out there. But um, yeah. So I was just tired. I mean, I didn't know. And then um, my mom ended up giving me like five hundred dollars. Right. Much much less than the other one. I didn't have you know money. I didn't, I didn't want to even start a film. She was like, here's $500, just go shoot something, whether it's a short or, you know, get out of the house. Like, basically, you know, just get the hell out of here. And then, so we went, I got a couple of actor friends, uh, some of my crew friends, and we went and shot um, On the Court, which is a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a basketball comedy. And it was just something we were kind of shooting throughout that year. And then I helped a friend shoot his senior project, which was like like a half-hour short film. And, you know, I was keeping myself busy throughout 2014 with that. I graduated school and I started working freelance, like gigs and stuff like that. Like I didn't Wait, have a... Yeah. Feature 2 was also during school? On the court was while you're still in school? I actually started that when I was in school. I didn't finish it in school, but I did start it. <laughs> I did start it. Um, it was just because it was just at a basketball court, like a, at a park around the corner from my house. And it was like... You know, it was very, very bare bones. Like, it was like two actors at a time, me on camera, my mom on sound. Like, <laughs> it was wow. like bare bones to hell, right? And, but we would just shoot, like, every once in a while, like, another scene here and there. And that kept up for, like, a year um, while I was doing, like, freelance work. Like, I didn't have a day job. I quit Best Buy as soon as I got out of school because you know i was smart but uh, like i thought like oh i could just get freelance film work which i did i did and i was able to pay i was able to pay rent it was hard it's a hustle people know you know what i'm talking about what what role did you go out as were you like a pa or no i I did everything man i did everything i did pa work i did editing work i shot freaking oh nice ballet recitals i like i did everything <laughs> you could think of man. well not everything like you but i did anything pg that you could think of um but yeah i did that for like a whole year and i love I was, the way you talk about yeah. years as if a year is just like <laughs> an eternity for you it, it felt, when you're like it got to a point where like I was eating dinosaur chicken nuggets from the Dollar Tree because it was really hard to make money doing freelance. Like it was a long year, trust me. Um, 
and somehow, um, you know, Ezo wasn't even the well, last wolf. Of Ezo wasn't even out yet, right? I was just getting my deliverables and everything like that to the distribution company. So, pretty much all I had was a film that was nowhere and on the court, which I was shooting, which was kind of you know what I mean. It wasn't done. It wasn't even anything yet, and. I yeah I was I thought you know what I mean I didn't know what to think about my film career and then girlfriend number two comes around <laughs> and hanging out with her and everything like that I start you know I started to tell her my ideas and bouncing things off and everything like that and I started getting creative again and I was still I was wrapping up on the court around that time as well and then she took off but like a week later I was, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, she's not around anymore. So I probably, you know, I got to delve myself into making movies again and try to figure out what I'm going to do. Yet again, and, my theory is correct. Just <laughs> yet again. Second point right. for me. Yet again. Um, and so what I did was I, I put together a plan and I sent it to that producer who, you know, who reached out to me after Ezo, you know, he's just, you know, just talking and stuff like that. And so I just sent him and was like, hey, what do you think of this? Because I'm thinking about, you know, getting back into the game. And he's like, you know, he saw it. And this was, you know, the pitch I had for hunting season. He saw it and everything like that. And then, you know, he called me. He's like, hey, you really can do this type of film? And I was like, yeah, I can do this. You know, my friend, you know, has the ranch, you know, where I shot Ezo. It's like acres and acres of hills. And he has like, you know, his little dune buggy and, you know, everything like that. And um, for people who don't know, it, the story is basically rich people hunting poor people, or whatever you know, rich people hunting people. And so, <laughs> nice. like that was just that was just the idea I had. And then, so you know, wait, I that movie's don't... coming out this year. There's a movie that's exactly that plot line. It's exactly that plot line of yeah. a film I did four years ago. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> and, right. and your movie's out, right? Yeah, my movie's already out. So you can that's imagine so how I felt seeing that trailer in the theater. I was like, huh. <laughs> Wait, huh. I did this already, guys. Come I on. I did this already. Hollywood. <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, give me oh, a call. Like, come on, Bloomhouse. But, um, that's funny. Yeah. And so, you know, he asked me if I could do it. And I was like, yeah, you know, but I didn't know, you know what I mean? It was, it's, it was, I was very weary to work with the guy, you know what I mean? Because he was like, oh, I can get money, whatever. And I was just like, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Because you hear stories. But, um, what really fooled me is he had Tom Sizemore call me. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm on board if you were, you know, you're down to do this film and everything. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, I was, and right there, you know, that was yes. So within like two weeks, I wrote this script and a week later we were shooting. And, and, and what was the budget for that? Like, You know what? I don't know. He never told me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, right. oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was bare bones as hell. I can tell you that much. It was probably the that's same so as funny. Ezo. But, um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I personally don't know because I never saw any of that money. I'm going to tell you that right up front now. I mean, how, how much did you get paid? Did you get <laughs> yeah. paid at all? I didn't get paid at all. Oh, shit. You didn't no, get no, no. Money? I got paid. Wow. I, I didn't get paid. I was supposed to get <laughs> paid. But I'm letting wow. people know I never got paid on that film. <laughs> Um, what what were you supposed to have gotten paid? Like, what was your rate supposed to be? It was supposed to be like twenty percent of like grosses, right? But I never saw oh, any of that. Oh, I never right. saw any of that. Like Sizemore never saw any of that. Like he, you know, we worked together again on a different film, but then like you know, he was telling me like, oh yeah, the producer, like uh, the producer was bad. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you guys know. That's why I'm not naming him. He's just a producer. Oh, name him. No. Um, <laughs> and when you name him, also name the distributor so we can just constantly call <laughs> crappy people out. 
right? No, the, so the producer is a bad person. His name is Tony White. He will rob you. Um, he has robbed Watch people before. Watch out for Tony White. Yes. He will rob you. <laughs> he will rob you. But he did give me, you know, the contact information for Sizemore, for Clifton Powell, Eric Roberts, and stuff like that. Oh, there you go. Wow. So I did take that information and use that to do another one of my films. You know what I mean? Wait, like to do and was films. there direct contact or was this their agent contact information? Uh, no, just from them. It's just from working with them on set. You know what I mean? We oh, just, we just exchanged you just stuff. Oh, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah, once, yeah. once they were on set, you know, you're just like, Oh, here, let me take your cell phone number. There you like, go. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So once, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, at least I got that. <laughs> at least I got that. Out of it. I got another film out of it. It didn't have to nice. come. I, I was happy because it didn't have to come out of my pocket, but the money also didn't have to come out of my mom's pocket. So I did not want to take money from my mom for projects anymore, you know? And so, well, uh, <laughs> that, that's, I mean, you know, that's very yeah. sweet with a mom, but it's also better than I think definitely I can say, like, I've never had anyone pay for anything that I've done before. Exactly. So yeah. that's pretty amazing, man. Kudos. Where can people see that movie? Hunting season. Um, they can, wherever if you want to pirate it i don't care but like (laughs) no but no it is free on tubi it is free on amazon uh voodoo it's pretty much everywhere um and that was that film actually when the dvds came out that was the first time we had saw our dvds in walmart so oh nice all like it when it came out you know, because like it came out in Walmart, it had Eric Roberts, Clifton Powell, Tom Sizemore on the cover, and all that stuff, and it just blew up in the Bay Area, like as far as like the Bay Area nice. actors and filmmakers scene, everything like that. Because I don't think it happened to it. At least it hasn't happened in a long time. Where you know what I mean, like people who you know, you know, you see at mixers or whatever, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, they're in stores, and everyone was like excited, and I must have had like. 200 friend requests by the end of that day it was crazy it was crazy nuts man i i I was like i'm like i don't know who you people are and they're like oh look you know put me in your movies put me in your movies i'm like i had i had to turn off my social media for like a good year after that wow okay so i kind of want to speed it up a little bit sure 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 um so that was your third film right or second film somewhere in between because on the court finished right around the same time but i didn't finish editing it till after hunting season and then getting distribution for it and kind of the same thing i went to maverick and they they got it you know they got it into walmart they got it into rental stores which i didn't know still existed but i saw them in nebraska and i lived my dream of seeing (laughs) it in rental stores and it got into hulu it got everywhere this little this little project that started with 500 dollars for my mom got onto hulu like it was crazy that's awesome man. yeah yeah so and uh and at this point with those uh three features yeah uh, so three features three years that's how i did it liz (laughs) amazing and and and, uh did any of them get you return on the investment or any like money back from any of those films no, nah, well, hunting season, you know the story on that. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> that that one doesn't count. So, but on the court, not not yet, I guess. On the court, not yet. So that just released okay. a year ago. We've gotten. Nice. We're like almost out of the red. I want to say like That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully another uh, another year subscription on Hulu, or whatever, will put us out. But um, yeah. So you got you got. Bad. Three more films you've made since then, and did Correct. you direct all these? Or are yes, these... I did direct all these. Oh wow, um, damn! But then, haven't you produced movies too that you didn't direct as well? Or... I have, yes. So, wow. I did do the one that I was mentioning um, during on the court. A friend of mine he did his half hour senior film. I produced that, 
And then I produced another film called Look Into the Fire. Uh, the director is a good friend of mine. His name is Tim Morrill. And we went to school together and he's helped me on all my projects. And uh, he had this script and I helped produce it. It was his first feature film. I helped him produce nice. it. Um, actress Jackie Dallas produced it. And oh, nice. Shout out to Jackie, previous guest of the show. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Tim gives me a lot of love on social media. So shout out to Tim. Although yeah, I've never met him. Yeah, that name is familiar. Yeah, but, he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's been around. See, he makes his rounds. He's a very friendly guy. He likes to meet filmmakers and do all that. And um, yeah, his feature, his we, we, we shot it um, right after my fifth feature film, The Pining. We, so we went, we, we did that. And then we went to do his film like right after. It was like less than a month after. And so we shot that oh, film wow. and um, he got it wrapped up. And, you know, we helped him. Oh, man, those editing sessions. We sat, <laughs> we sat in the editor's pretty much office for like, days on end trying to get that wow. that picture together and right now it's in sound editing so hopefully wow. actually i'm gonna nice. give him a deadline i'm gonna try to get that thing out by january <laughs> so then your fourth one is that worth the bo- the boxing one yes worth worth nice. is my fourth one um i did that after i again finished hunting season finished on the court and i was working at the muay thai gym well no i actually wasn't working at the muay thai gym i'm sorry i lied um, I was just training there and I kind of wrote this story oh, nice. and I asked the owner if I could, uh, shoot at his gym and he said yes. And so I wrote the script, um, saved some money and then me and my mom, we both cashed our, uh, we cashed our 401ks and that's oh, where we damn. got our budget for that. <laughs> Man, your mom is so sweet. Yeah. I you love know. your mom. <laughs> yeah. That's so we amazing. cashed our 401ks. And we shot Worth. Um, yeah, and that, that was hard. I basically trained for like a year. I was dieting. I was like doing everything I could to like play a fighter. And it was um, it was very an emotional story. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a romance, Liz, another point for you. It was like, <laughs> you know, I try to... I you're base, exercising these, these base instincts into your yes, film, I was, is that what you you're know, saying? Basically, basically, I used like all these romance stories I had from my past, you know, like that, when I built the uh, female character with that. And then also a friend of mine, Jose, he's a professional fighter, so I used his stories. And I even used his stories with some of his girlfriends. And like, I kind of built this romance fighter film. And, um, you know, we shot it. Like, again, for like a year, um, you know, uh, one of the contacts I made, Miguel Nunes Jr., who's famous for Return of the Living Dead, famous for oh, Joanna nice. Man, famous for a whole Street Fighter, a bunch of films. I love Return of the Living Dead. That's a yes. great movie. And, oh, uh, me too, actually. We got, we, got oh, him, nice. we got him back, and then he hooked me up, you know, with Tony Todd and Clifton Powell. Oh, and wow. Bunch of I know that name, too. Candyman. Tony Todd, man. Candyman. Tony Todd. <laughs> I'm I'm actually helping a friend produce a feature, and we we want to reach out to Tony Todd for it, but I don't know if he's too busy or no, to even he's do not. It. He was just in Scream <laughs> at like the, oh, yeah? the really bad like season of Scream, and he like oh, he really? needs it. He needs you. <laughs> okay, cool. He's uh he's a good friend of mine, Liz. Oh, really? oh <laughs> yeah. Nice. So he's a good friend. Sorry, of Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Um, but remember, he's also Candyman, so you know what I mean. Yeah. He's taking calls from Jordan Peele now, and 
Are, is he going to be in the new Candyman movie? I cannot is... disclose any information oh, about the new Candyman. Oh damn! Movie. There you go. Um, okay, so he's definitely in it. But for he's. Sure. <laughs> I cannot disclose. I do not. I cannot disclose okay. any information about Candyman or Tony Todd's future. <laughs> but um, he is going to be at Sinister Creature Con in Sacramento in October. So I would suggest going and meeting him and talking to him because he's a friendly, very friendly guy. Oh yeah, and, um, yeah. But he to. he came out and helped us on this film because again, it was a love story, it was a fighter story, it was dramatic and funny. Nice. And he it was a branch out of horror, and I gave him you know something fun to do, and uh, we've been friends ever since. And um, nice. so you know we shot. Well, the he, film. He, he's gonna like this role that I got for him. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's a it's a nice, fun, juicy one. Um, yeah, yeah. So we shot the film. I took me about a year it took me about a year to edit it and get sound and get everything ready for it and then we did the uh the festival route which i hadn't done before but seeing as i was making the drama i you know i was like okay you know this is perfect for festivals and so we did a few festivals we won some awards uh, i know we won like um from the melbourne film festival we won like best picture and we we, oh, won, a, nice. we, we, we won a few and we you know lost a few it's okay you know right, of course <laughs> but um at this point I wanted to, I, I I had been studying a lot, you know, I, I was working a travel job. That's when I started Google and it was a lot of traveling, you know, mapping and when on my travels and driving, I would listen to podcasts of like, you know, independent filmmakers and learning all these things. And I learned, um, self-distribution, you know, you can go through aggregators, you know, they can go all doing all these different things. And I'm so, smiling right now. Yeah, and so my topic. <laughs> Liz loves that stuff. Well, you're gonna love this next section for sure. And so, <laughs> you know, they 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 started um, Amazon Video Direct and all these things. I started helping out filmmakers. And so, what I did was I I'm like, okay, well, once I finished um, once I finished uh, the film festival route, I'm gonna just do self distribution. And, you know, Maverick, of course, contacted me, you know, they wanted to distribute it, they wanted to, you know, they were offering a minimum guarantee, you know, all these things. And, you know, which is really, you know, it's hard to get these days, they were really friendly about it. And, you know, everything like that. But I had to tell them, like, you know, this was a really emotional movie for me, you know what I mean? I had to deal with my ex-girlfriends, Liz, oh my gosh. But, um, I'm like, you know, my mom gave me money for it. And I want to, you know what I mean? It was a very personal film. And so what I did was, I, you know, I straight told him i was like it's going to be personal i want to do, do self-distribution just so i can own it and it's just going to be pretty much all mine and that's exactly what i did so i went through distributor and like doing like four months of payments to try to get on platforms i did um the amazon video direct where i could just upload it myself um filmmakers can do that you can upload your feature films or short films straight to amazon and start collecting right away and um yeah, and another thing that I did was I started, you know, I started watching a lot of independent films, but I started to study them and I started to learn distribution companies kind of around that level, you know what I mean? That are around the like anywhere from like 50,000 to like a million dollar budget or whatever. I started to learn from them and things like that and I started to go on their IMDb and what I noticed was um their publicity and their like public relations and things like that and I found this company and I reached out to them to hire them to do my marketing so I can do podcasts and things like that and just control all that and my interviews and whatever and I was able to do my own marketing campaign for worth and I was able to get on platforms I got onto Vudu I got onto Tubi iTunes and everything like that on my own 
um, through again through an That's aggregator. That's awesome, man. And so I'm able to see all the money and everything like that, all the views and all the purchases and everything, and just it's the nice. data alone is like invaluable because now I have something that I can take to investors or anything like that or um, product placement people. You know what I mean? Like if I want to do a film, like hey, look. I had a half a million views on Amazon for work. So if you, you know, pay this much to have your t-shirt in my movie, it's good marketing. And just Is that true? Did you get half a million? Half a million views, That's uh, great. half a million minutes viewed. <laughs> um, so we did hit that mark back in like February. So I have no idea nice. where it is now. I don't really check on it too much, but uh, I should, but we did, we, we did hit certain levels that I'm, um, really happy with and so um yeah so we we hit we're probably at a million minutes by now i should probably oh, get nice. on that and so um but yeah we once once i started hitting those marks you know i started to put together a plan and things like that and i'll use it you know again to look for either product placement or you know type of investors or whatever to try to do more films so two questions one sure. uh worth was your biggest budget movie then right correct Nice. And then how how much have you made back towards that? Yes. Like can you yes. say? Uh I could say like we not as much as you think. We like we got 30% like, of the budget, 50% no, of the budget. Like, I would say like 10 to 15%. We Wait, what was the budget again? It was like I want to say around 30 to 40 grand. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it was yeah. on 30 to 40 grand and we we didn't launch out of distributor till the end of March. Mm-hmm. So it's only been out. Oh, of this year! Wow, of, of this year, yeah. So it's only been out for like two quarters. And then, um, did you do for Amazon? Did you do the Prime option, or did you do the? Yeah, like, I just did the Prime option. Oh, see, it's interesting. We just had a filmmaker on recently, Kevin O'Brien, who mm-hmm. made a movie. And he did the VOD option, and yeah. he said, "Like Liz, what did he say? He like, got twelve k in like two, like a month or something." Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, but you, right, the argument is that he specifically didn't want to cannibalize his transactional sales by going right. to Prime first. Right. Well, he well he, he put himself high. Like he didn't just put himself at two ninety nine. He put himself at the same price that like Avengers is at. He, he right. went for five ninety nine <laughs> for his unknown movie, and he felt he I, had a niche audience. And I rented it. <laughs> well, there you go. Even though he could have given me a link, I was like, oh, I want to support this guy. But I mean, you know, I think it's pretty strong that like, you know, you can make, even if it was half that amount, like even if it was only 6000 that he got in his first month. And, and he told me, he said that like after the first month, like it was nowhere near the same the next month after that. But like, that's a pretty big like vote to go for the video on demand option for Amazon and not just do Prime. Because I think Prime... You might get eyeballs, but you're just not going to get any money, you know? Right. And then what, honestly, it just depends on the film. Um, like, what kind of film did he do? I didn't even... It, it, it was like, um, it's an indie drama about, um, it's like this religious LGBTQ movie, but it's really weird because the LGBTQ community didn't really support it as much as he hoped because it's from the perspective of the religious institution. Um, so it's very kind of a different movie, which I kind of thought made it really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, but like he didn't like when he was raising money, like he didn't really get support from the churches because 
they weren't like into this, you know, LGBTQ thing so much. And then right, right, the LGBTQ right. community didn't really embrace him because they're like, oh, you're on the other side. <laughs> you know? So it was kind of caught in the middle, but it was a really cool movie. And um, I think it's been doing pretty well. Played a lot of film festivals. Yeah, so, you like, know, shout out to Kevin. He's a listener too. For so. sure. For sure. Like it really, it really does depend on your audience. Um, we did, I started Worth and it made, it did, it did, it did okay on transactional and I ended up doing prime afterwards. Um, it just, Oh, so you didn't just do prime first. You did the transactional I didn't do prime okay. first. I just okay. did tra- like it, but I only did transactional for like, again, like a month. Uh, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like I went from like August, September, you know, I did like a month because it was just, it was right. just like, you know what I mean? Like it was like there, but then it wasn't That's not too short. That's not yeah. that bad. And it was like, um, it was one of those things too. Cause like, you know, who the hell am I? You know what I mean? Why are people going to watch my film? People don't know what right. Muay Thai is. And like, um, I didn't, I didn't know basically what to do because again, I didn't know if, you know what I mean? If I was going to pass QC on Distriber or, you know, everything right, like that, right. it's really, it's really hard to sell, like, especially like a romance drama, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, oh crap, you know what I mean? How well, do I sell this to people? It, were, were there any action sequences in your film or is it more just like... Just a couple, just a few. A couple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the genre stuff really helps, you know, like whatever, if you can lean into a genre, I think it'll sell better. Definitely. You know? Um... Definitely. I mean, they, t- they, they, they do teach you that too. Like there's different genres, you know, horror movies, um, 12 year old girls with their horses, Christmas puppies, like all these <laughs> Dog things movies, you're going to make right. so much money on it. Like Christmas easy puppies, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, honestly, I, I made a big mistake. Um, cause I was a decent human being. And um, I rescued a litter of kittens. I have six cats right now, right? And so I rescued them, but I never exploited them. Like, I should have done Christmas kittens. (laughs) If I would have done Christmas kittens, I would have been a millionaire by now. Well, I mean, you have, like, uh, an hour tonight. Why don't you make, like, five more features on Christmas kittens? (laughs) I know, huh? All I need to do is buy wrapping paper, get a couple of voiceovers. Like, I'm I'm there. But can we go back to marketing worth? Because, like, you told us this wonderful story about the preparation you did, the autobiographical elements, like the heart that goes into this film. Mm -hmm. And you keep kind of saying that it's like this romantic drama, but really it's like this personal film. And I think that's the marketing is like you telling the story of like the fitness regimen that you underwent and like the method acting. And like, (laughs) like that's what's fascinating to me about what you're saying. Like that, that'll get the rentals. And you know what? I did, you know, tell that story. Um, and I, you know, did, you know, the whole marketing campaign, you know, I was doing the interviews and I would tell that story and I would tell that story at the film festivals and the conventions and things like that. And I think that's where we, you know, we did pick up after that. We did like our, yeah, you know, our, our sales, you know, that's where we get, you know, like half a million views and things like that. That's where we hit it was right around that time. Um, and Tony Todd, you know, was doing the marketing too. He was doing interviews and he was really supportive him and Miguel. And it was just, it was a great time and like, you know, I, I'm excited to see, I don't, that's the thing is like, I don't know. Cause this was all, 
in April, May, like June, right? So that's second quarter. I don't see second quarter for another like 90 days. So when you ask me like, oh, how much does it make? Like, I don't know yet. Like, <laughs> I only have like the first two. No, actually, I only have the first quarter, really. And so, right, um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And we were only on Amazon. And then we had like, like two weeks on Voodoo. And that was, you know, just a few dollars here and there. But here's a key question. The amount that you've made back for worth, is it more or less than the MG that you got offered from Maverick? Uh, so far, just for the first quarter, it's less. Okay. I'm just going to I can't tell you what Maverick offered oh, of me, course, but it, course, is, course. it is, it is less. Well, but... it can't be that much if you, <laughs> if you didn't take it. Cause if it was like even close to your budget, you probably would have taken it. I imagine. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> here, or here's what we did. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what we did. Um, I'm not going to tell you everything that we did, but here's what we, what we did. (laughs) Um, so I was doing worth and I was finishing up the pining, um, like the sound editing. I was already done with editing, but I was finishing up sound editing and, um, you know, I told Maverick everything like that. And so what they offered me was, uh, basically the next film, this is film number six that I shot this year. So this is how I got number six made Liz. Um, <laughs> well done. Yeah. So they, they had, you know, they're like, okay, so worth, you know, worth on, we're off the table, but you know, we, we did like Ezo, we did like on the court, on the courts doing really well this year. You know, what, what do you got going on next? And basically, I pitched um, my film, you know, which became number six. And they're like, well, let us fund it for you. And, you know, let, let's let's go into a partnership and let's let's get let's get this movie made. And so Damn. that's exactly what I did. And this was back in November. And by January, I was shooting. Well, that's amazing. Wow. And uh, and I know you probably can't say the budget, but. If in the range of budgets that you've worked on, is this more or less or the same? Less. Oh, okay. I'm okay. going to say less. Um, but basically what I pitched them was I pitched them a really simple story where, which, you know, because I had done Worth, which was just insane. It was really like like 80 locations or whatever. Wow! <laughs> like I wanted, yeah, to, yeah, man. I wanted to do something, and the pining was even simpler. Like I think pining was maybe like eight locations, and I wanted to even go simpler than that. Oh wow! And so what I did was, um, you know, like a ride share horror movie. You know, axe wielding. Oh, nice! And so a lot, <laughs> awesome. a lot of it set in the car, and so basically, um, but yeah, the budget was like again sound crew food uh cast and then we i i was working at google already so i had already wow. started we we pretty much had all our equipment we just ended up buying these new lights they're called the steras i don't know if you guys know what a stereo oh are. yeah sure i completely love them i love the hell out of these lights the, those are the <laughs> tubes that are controllable yes. right the yes. LED tubes. so we yeah. bought two tubes dope. we bought two two well actually we've we now have two tubes but at the time, I had one tube. I bought one tube for five hundred dollars, and what we did was <laughs> wow. we suction cupped it on top of the car, and so it lit the car up, and we were able to shoot yeah. pretty much just like that. And so that's a- how inside we shot the car. Thing. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did something similar for a, a motorcycle thing I did uh, last year. We took four of them, 
put them around the car like Ghostbuster style, and then when the motor- motorcycle drove near the camera car, they were lit from from the tubes. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I was like, "Fuck, nice. that's amazing!" Yeah, no, I love these lights, man. They're they're so light and easy and portable. And I was like, you know, it made filming so much easier. And um, yeah, I got wow, I got lucky. I mean, I just, I mean, I guess that's also advice I have. For, I mean, if you can do something really simple you know and just doesn't take a lot i mean if you could shoot in a car now like anything yeah. where you can just cut budgets and locations like you go for it you do it man like wow you know especially after the past projects you know we were shooting in muay thai gyms we were building boxing rings wow um, for tim's film looking to the fire we shot on stanford like i mean it was we, we we've done some uh some heavy duty stuff. So just doing this one, which is, you know, small cast and crew and just, it was, it was so much fun, man. So uh, you're a magician, right? Like that's the fact. (laughs) Um, so what I'm trying to think of is what can you say from your perspective that can kind of empathize with that first time filmmaker or the filmmaker who hasn't made her first feature or, you know, hasn't made her fourth feature or whatever it is, what can you say to kind of like buoy their spirits and remind them that they can fucking do it? I'd love to hear that. They can't. I mean, let's see. Let's, what's, what's, what can I say? Um, it's, it's not impossible, right? I mean, once you got, even if, so you want to do your first feature again, try to do something simple, <laughs> try to do something simple what you have access to. Um, you know, try to shoot as cheap as possible. I mean, it's nice to have a nice fancy camera, um, but if you have to shoot on your cell phone, then just shoot on your cell phone. Like, who cares? Like, honestly, like I said, uh, on the court started out with five hundred dollars. That's it. I mean, you know, that's not like oh my gosh, you know, that's so much money, or it's not a little bit of money. I mean, five hundred dollars is five hundred dollars, right? That could be rent for somebody, but at the same time we got onto Hulu, we got into Walmart, you know, it it got out there, it got pretty far just from the idea, you know, a lot of the times it just, it's just about the idea, the story and a really, really good poster. (laughs) Yeah. But, and, and that movie like helped you get your sixth movie basically, you know, it really Um, did. If I think if it wasn't successful for Maverick, they wouldn't have maybe offered me, you know what I mean? This partnership that we did for this latest film and hopefully f- more films, you know, um, after that. And so we, it really, it just, it's honestly just one scene at a time. If you can get, if you know how to shoot one scene, you know how to shoot two scenes, you know how to shoot three scenes, you know how to shoot four scenes. You just do one at a time and you're able to get it done. Even if it takes, you know what I mean? Every weekend for all of, 2020 or 20 you know whatever you know as as long as you have a plan i mean yeah so so is that is that how you make most of your movies or you just shoot them on the weekends or like like pieces here pieces there like do you ever do like 20 days in a row or 15 days in a row and just shoot one out oh that's how we did tim's film looking to the fire um that's how we planned to do a lot of films <laughs> a lot of times you know we shot so we shot worth for two weeks straight but then you know you get as much as you can and then you realize you you need more and um you, you end up shooting more and same thing with the pining we shot for two weeks straight and then we realized that we needed more 
Um, the same one, same thing with this one. We shot, we shot on the weekends mostly um, here and there, and then we got, yeah, it we it just sometimes it just takes a long time. But with looking to the fire, we were able to get everything done within a couple of weeks. Wow, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Um. So here's my question for you. Sure. Like after six films, and they're all kind of you know. I, I don't know. They're they're varying in budgets, but like let's say they're all either around fifty k or under fifty k. Let's mm-hmm. say. Um, do you see this as like a sustainable model that you could do forever, or do you feel like eventually you're going to have to jump to higher budgets? Eventually, I'm going to have to jump to higher budgets. <laughs> Easy, um, especially now. <laughs> I mean, it gets to a point where. I liked, I liked, I really liked doing the film that I did this year, you know, you know, on a smaller budget and everything like that. We did get Miguel back, but, um, I, I do meet a lot of people at conventions and I do meet a lot of friends of friends and by friends of friends, I mean like Tony Todd introduces me to people at conventions, (laughs) you know, like, um, I'm going to name drop some people like, uh, Virginia Madsen or like. Lance Henriksen or Robert England, you know, things like that. Oh, just some of the most amazing actors ever. No big deal. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, because they're all friends and things. And, you know, like I'm standing there talking to him and he's like, oh, I want you to meet this young director. We worked on the project and everything like that. And, you know, oh, you know, if you ever have anything, you know, let me know. You know, things like, you know, maybe they're just being kind and everything like that. Sometimes they're not. I've actually worked with people like that through some stuff. But um, it's it's getting to a point where... I, I would like to do bigger stuff, and I think that's why I'm kind of in that mode where I'm collecting data and things like that to kind of um, reach out to, yeah, product placement companies and things like that to try to get bigger budgets. Nice, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz, do you have a question? Well... You got to have a question. It's more like um, an idea, and it's that... If you're single, I have single friends and I need you to slow down so I can catch up. So, like, I'm going to set you up with some people is what I think I'm going to do. <laughs> there goes my career, right? No. Oh, so funny. Right. I mean, Liz, I'm sorry, but um, we are actually scheduled for an October shoot. So, <laughs> number seven is starting soon. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> we just – I just – Wow. I get. I don't know. I, we. And, and how, how do you do it for with your work? Like, how are you able to take off two weeks? Like, you know, because you did one earlier this year, right? So, how did you get two two weeks off twice to go make a movie? Oh, they don't care. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. they, no, Amazing. They barely notice that I'm there. But um, you have the best job ever. Yeah, new <laughs> idea. I'm coming to Google. Like, that's right. the new idea. Um, <laughs> And I'm not an engineer. I don't make like Google, Google money. <laughs> I just, I make enough to pay my rent. And then, I mean, and then again, the second job helps me, you know, buy equipment or buy food or, you know, things like that for set. And um, now that we're starting to get some stuff in for worth, it that helps also with uh, filming and uh, paying business taxes on filming. Trust me, that is a thing and it sucks. <laughs> but um, basically, yeah, we're just... Um, we're skinning along. Um, I'm happy and uh, well. Well, exactly. here, tell us about yeah. your seventh movie. So, how did this one come about? Did you just is this a self-funded thing or another collaboration with Maverick or like how how are you getting this next one made? 
Well, basically, you know, I did number six, which number six is a horror film, you know, the axe-wielding Uber driver thing. And so basically when I did that, I wrote part two, and now we're going to be shooting part two. <laughs> uh, but but back by Maverick, right? Got to be. Yes, I'm going to take it to Maverick. Maverick does not currently <laughs> know. They're still waiting oh, on number really? one. Because oh, I just wow. wrapped number one, and so amazing. <laughs> the mu- music's working on number one. I edit it, and then we got to do the sound editing on it and everything like that. The thing about post is, post is post. You know, um, your sound editor is working, your music guy is working, your editor is working. Which you know, I'm the editor, so I'm working on it. But my cinematographer. He's still buying lenses. He's still like, hey, man, you want to shoot? Like, I just got this new toy like I want to use. I just got this new slider. I just got this new rotin. Like, he wants to shoot. <laughs> um, the actors, they want to shoot. Like, people will hit me up like, hey, man, what do you got going on this weekend? Let's do something. And so it, it, I, I kind of get bullied into filming. That's kind of what happens, Liz. It's not my fault. I am a bullied person. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah. You just make it seem so easy. Like, that you're the antithesis to this podcast name right now. (laughs) Yeah. So, what... What, what what I need to do is I need to find other writer-directors to unload my people on. So, like, here, leave me alone. Let me <laughs> let me take someone on a dinner date, please. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And, and are you working with the same team that you worked with on the first one? Or are you working with new collaborators? Or how, how's that going? Uh, well, so my cinematographer I've been working with since pretty much, I want to say, my second big short film. Um, we, we work on and off he's worked he did i want to say about 20 minutes of the last wolf of Ezo. he did about 20 minutes of on the court and oh, then wow. he did some of the lighting on hunting season but worth pining and this new one um number six uh, i'm calling it well it's called dead right i think i can say that but um he those those are all him he shot those films and so we is just that, um, is that uh benjamin dennis correct that is him nice shout yeah. out to ben he's worked on a couple of projects with me yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Really he's awesome. always he's always working. Um he does a he lot. He never of- told me that he directed <laughs> that he shot all these features though. Like when I worked with him last, he was like ACing for me or something. Yeah, he does so a lot of like, AC oh, work. Man. You know, he does a lot of commercial <laughs> tech videos, a lot of Bay Area stuff. Um, uh, you know, he yeah, he's more part of the community than I am, but and then you know, on the film side, people know him from my films. Like, oh yeah, you know, Ben yeah. shot this. You know, he does. He gets to. He gets pretty much to own the set. You know what I mean? I, I give him a lot yeah, of freedom. Yeah. Um, you know, whether he's wants to shoot something the way he wants to, or you know, even if he has advice for the actors, he'll talk to them. Like me and him, we work really, really well together. And um, nice. My sound guy, John Gansman. He he's a freaking genius, man. He is like. I'm I'm very blessed to have both of those guys and uh just nice. They love to work too, you know what I mean? Like they they really love this stuff and um I think that's that's probably why I keep doing it. It's just so I can hang out with those guys, you know? Wow. Well, I mean just to put a little perspective uh for everyone who's listening to this podcast, um like you know, Eduardo, you've made six movies since 2013. I have been working on the same movie since uh, 2014, I guess, is when I first started working on the alternate. And uh, it's just about to be shot in October. So we're shooting the end of October. But Yay! it's taken me this long 
thanks Liz <laughs> but it's taken me this long just to like get ready to shoot you know and I've raised money I've got like investors I've got a team together I'm like doing my crowdfunding campaign that's gonna launch uh, might have launched already by the time this is out if it has please go support it um, but uh, you know it's just like it's been such a long road of development for me and I probably could have done things more your way and just gone out <laughs> and made features. I just never really thought to do that, I guess. Like, I always just was like, no, you got to get the money. You got to get the team. You got to get the producers. You got to get all the things together. And then you got to go make the movie for as much money as you can and make it as best as it possibly can be, which maybe isn't the right way to do it. Well, I mean, the most important thing you can do is just have fun on it. Um, it's movies are stressful because you never know if you're going to make your money back. You also have to worry about people being on set. You have to worry about insurance. You don't know if someone's yeah. going to get hurt. Like there's all these things oh, yeah. that go into it. But if at the end of the day you can have fun, that's what it's all about. Now your film, uh, may I ask what kind of genre it is? It says sci-fi thriller. Yeah. See, sci-fi is hard. I haven't yet to do a sci-fi. That is, <laughs> yeah. I can understand. Like it's expensive. It can get, it can, it can be really, really difficult to do sci-fi. Yeah. We got to um, build sets and we got to build or at least partial sets on a actual location. So it's not like we have to build a whole set out of nothing. It's just, we'll get to take existing locations and alter them, you know, yeah. to make now, them see, work. Now see, I built sets for Last Wolf of Ezo. I built... Right. <laughs> of <laughs> I course made, you did. <laughs> I built sets, um, like, because uh, we had to shoot Japan, and I didn't have, like, indoor Japanese places, so... Wow. I built these walls and these Japanese sliding doors, and I put down tatami mats, like I did those, and then we built some Western sets, we had them all in my garage, and, like, some of those panels wow. are still in there, and, like, you know, we had to make things look, like different rooms and you know and i would just and i would mess with them all the time so i'm like all right so this room's done let me uh put in some new wallpaper let me paint it let me get some new props and i did all that for my first film i haven't done it since (laughs) but um i might i might try to do that again i did learn a lot and i did have (laughs) we could hear your kitten it's amazing we could hear the kitten very sweet (laughs) That's usually me. I usually have a cat on my lap, but they're they're with my wife right now. But uh, but yeah, I usually have the cat meowing. It's it's wonderful. I'm a huge cat fan, by yeah. the way. So. You guys are the you worst. Don't like, you don't like cats? Aw, oh, Liz, how dare you? <laughs> I am a dog person. That is who hey, I am. Dogs are cool, whatever, but cats are better. We all know well, that. Well, here's the thing. I can't have a dog because I'm at work. I'm at two jobs most of the time. Right, and right. And so I... You're a hustler. I get, I get homesick just leaving my cats. Um... Wow. But also at the same time, funny story, Liz, um, I had two friends when I was working at Best Buy and they had both recently gotten married. And when I was doing a speech at one of my friends' wedding, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this is great. My friend, you know, Alex got married last year and now Ben's getting married and I have six cats. And so <laughs> it was it was a good joke, but I just wanted to say that. <laughs> just so you can see. That's that's but, amazing. Yeah. Um But this was wow, before six know. films. Now I have six films, so I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, soon to be seven. Yeah, oh, you need another cat in October. Right. Wow. 
Amazing, man. Well, I think it's really inspiring, you know, that you've been able to do this and that you just, you know, haven't taken no for an answer and you just go out and make your films whatever way you can, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that I've been uh, embracing, at least in the short realm. So I made two shorts this year, or I guess one in the end of November and one earlier this year. And I was just like, you know, screw it. Like, no money, no problem. Let's make a movie, you know? Yeah, there you go. That's the right uh, yeah, but I've I never done that with a feature. I've been too kind of scared to, to try that approach with a feature. And I, I don't know if I ever will. Maybe. But I, I think, like, after my first one, like, I, I was sort of romanticizing this idea of, like, going and, like, making a movie for, like, $12,000 or $15,000. Because there's this guy, Noam Kroll. I don't know if you guys know this guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. He was on our show, and he has a whole a podcast episode about how to make your feature for $12,000. And he breaks it down like with like you pay everybody this much money, you get your food at this place for this much money, and then you put you know, and this is like this whole plan of how you can make your movie. And he's like, it doesn't work for all movies, but certain types of movies you could do it, you know. My and friend so, Jerry has the same thing, not as specific of the breakdown, but for seven thousand dollars. So this is like the oh really seven minute abs <laughs> version of how to make a movie. <laughs> That's so funny. Um. So, Liz, final question. Are you good? I'm ready. I'm ready to outro. You're ready to outro. Uh, Eduardo, any final last words for anybody out here? Anybody like who's like, no, you can't do it. It's impossible. Anything that you want to say to those people? Uh, again, if you know how to shoot one scene, you know how to shoot a film. Like, you just keep doing, you know, scene by scene. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to... You don't have to win Sundance is basically what I'm saying. You just <laughs> right. got to tell a story, you know, that's it. That's, that's all. Even if the story's bad, like just, just do it because unless you get your own practice in and unless you start learning from your mistakes, it's just not going to happen. You just gotta, gotta do it. Nice. All right, Liz, take us out. Well, that was another episode of Making Movies is Easy with Eduardo. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks to Eduardo for being on the show. Um, shout out to Tony Todd. I apologize for um, insulting Scream, the series, but it's not very good. But he's great. Oh. And I just feel like it's going to come back to me, the insults to the show. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, Eduardo, where could we find your films? We already heard a little bit about where um, where your films are, but where can we find you? Uh, well, so I have a Instagram, Uncia Films, U-N-C-I-A Films. And then, you know, we post all our behind-the-scenes pictures, posters, links, all that stuff. But also, if you just search my name on different video platforms like voodoo amazon 2b tv those are like the main ones um i have some stuff on itunes but yeah if you just search my name some of uh, my movies will pop up maybe we could do a marathon of just all your movies yeah let's do it (laughs) i love that idea so liz if you could ask eduardo one question today what would it be well eduardo is announcing his latest feature and i wanted to just (laughs) mention it it's called bears on a ship which is like the best. It's like snakes on a plane, bears in a ship. It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God.
And he is announcing a lot of casting decisions lately. And also, I, I Eduardo and I are friends on Facebook. We don't talk very actively. But I think that he also is in a pretty committed romantic relationship. So I want to know, because I remember I gave him a hard time <laughs> during our interview, uh, because he was saying, like, the reason he has time to make all these movies is because he was single. And I want to know how things have changed since he's been in a serious relationship and if he's able to create the elusive balance that we all look for. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I want to just hear about, you know, what has, has anything changed in his life as a director since the last time we talked to him? Or is it just more of the same? And has he found out a way that this is completely, you know, a sustainable lifestyle? Because he used to work at a, at a gym as a trainer, I think he was saying. He would like train, be, be like training people and then making his movies. So I want to know, is like, is that still the same deal? Or has he gotten to a place where he's providing for himself from all the features he made? I mean, my God, he, he made a movie called Ride Scare in 2020. And then he made Ride Scare at the beginning in 2021. And then he made a movie called Seven Lost and also in 2021. I mean, my God, man, this guy is crazy. And now but, bears uh, yeah. on a ship. Bears on a ship, everyone. And then a couple's betrayal is in post-production. So, yeah, this guy is like just all, all, <laughs> just all out making movies. It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. But, yeah, I also have a You're the Expert question to ask today. And I have two choices. Liz, what do you think? What should we do here? Do you want to go with yours or should we go with? the kind of revised version of Eric's. I don't know. What do you think? I think we would go with mine because Eric's question's too big. I think it's too it's a big, big a question. It's, it's, it's too big of a question. And I mean, even my smaller version is still too big of a question. Yeah. So yeah, let's do yours. So Liz's question is, when do you finalize the title of a film? What about for you, Liz? I don't know. Too late in the game is for me. The answer is too late in the game. The original title for our film that we're working on right now is Friendship is Hell, which I love. I love that title. I changed it to Best Friends Forever because I thought Friendship Hell was too negative and I wasn't getting giggles after I mentioned it to people. I really thought I would say my name of the film is Friendship is Hell and I'd get giggles, but no one giggled. They were always perplexed and confused. So I changed it to a temp title, Best Friends Forever, and I'm positive we're going to change that again either before festivals or after festivals leaning into distribution. And the reason is because if you have a very common title for a film, it presents a conflict and people trying to find it, right? You know, it's like they right. will find another film, watch another film instead of yours. It'll get mixed up. I've even seen scenarios where two films with the same name entered the festival world and they've gotten mistaken and one film got accepted mm. into a festival and then had to be rejected because of that mistake because they accepted the wrong title. I mean, mm. it's just messiness. And then I think I just want to acknowledge that when you distribute a film, sometimes your distributor requires a title report, which is which is a few hundred dollars where they go and they find everything named that title in the universe, the galaxy, for God knows what reason. I have no idea why they do this, but for some reason it helps with liability and legal issues. And it will be a lot easier for you if you have a very unique title. So I think ideally you come up with a really fantastic title out the gate. You set up all your social media profiles your website and your set, but 
for me, I have a very hard time titling my film without really understanding its identity, without the film being done. And so I very, like, Speed of Life was called Plan B for a very long time. Mm. And then it was called, there was, I went through another title after that. So I title, I finalize the title too late. When should you? Very, be very early, I think. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I've, I've heard of times where, you know, you go to the distribution and then the distributor wants to change the title, yeah. you know, which I think like there was it was mentioned with my movie and I was like, no, we're not changing it. And I think like basically people were on board because it's an A title and A titles are good, I guess. Mm-hmm. For cable VOD. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. I, I feel like if it would be ideal to do that, right? To like have the title right out of the gate from, from the early, the get go. But I feel like movie titles change just naturally, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of if any movie ever made, well, I guess that's true. I guess most, uh, I guess most of the shorts I made had the original title from the beginning and I just kept the title. But the alternate was originally strange thing. The feature version of Strange Thing. And then I changed it because it was so different than the short. And I wanted to, like, make sure it had its own title and that, like, people weren't, like, confused. And then I had another idea for, like, the feature-length version of the short that I would probably still call Strange Thing. (laughs) So that's why the alternate was born. But, yeah, I think I guess I just – I'm thinking about it now. I think I have a track record of, like, coming up with a title and just sticking with it. And I wonder if that's just because I'm stubborn. Or because, I I don't know, I just like the titles I come up with, maybe? Or it's related to your film. Like, Bread and Butter is a, was never going to, the title was never going to change. Because it's, like, intimately related to the storyline, right? Right, right. So, I'm guessing that also is important to you, where... And Speed of Life ultimately is the name of a Bowie song. And it also has to do with the time travel and, and the age age difference of the characters. Like, we ended up on the right title. But prior to that, you might not know what the themes are of your film. It's very hard to see what your film is about yeah. when you're making it. I think it's probably easier for genre movies to have a title from the beginning and then just stay the same because, you know if it's a horror movie or a sci-fi movie or whatever, it's like, it can be a little bit more blood like it, diner. Like you can just carry through. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you call your movie blood diner and, and, and there's a, you know, killings in a diner, it's like the movie details, as long as that is still in it, then it works. Right. <laughs> as long as you didn't take the diner out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Red snow is another movie I produced. And I think it was always red snow from the first draft I read all the way up to it being released. Like it didn't, cause like, you know, it's vampires in, in Christmas vampires, red yeah. snow. It works, you know, like it doesn't yeah. need to be more complicated than that. But yeah, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What, what is your take on movie titles being said aloud in movies? Do you love that? Or oh, the titular scene. I don't love it. I like when it's implied. I like when people can kind of figure out why you named it something. Bread yeah. and Butter has a scene 
where they do the bread and butter. Okay, so I don't know if this is the thing from your childhood, but you walk along with someone and if you get separated by a partition or a pole, you say bread and butter is a superstition. So we have a scene mm. where they separate and come back together. It's our titular scene, but we don't say bread and butter ever oh, in cool. the film. Oh, fun. So I yeah, it. I think it could be like a little, a little tacky, a little tacky. I tell you, man, I feel like every script I read now, the title is, oh, is said aloud by the character in, in the movie. And yeah. I'm just like, we don't need come that. Come on. That's just, and then I, I feel like I see it in movies that I like rent or like go to where it's like said in the movie. And you're like, but why? <laughs> well, the come up has that. And, and it is the title that I suggested, but I don't think they're yeah. like, and here's what a come up is. And let me define it. And here's, you know what I mean? I think as long as you don't yeah. hang a lantern on it, then it and it can be done gracefully. I think sometimes it works when it when it makes sense, you know, when it when it's such a big part of the story, and it kind of I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm mostly annoyed by it, but I think sometimes it's acceptable, <laughs> and I feel like in that instance it's acceptable and it works, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the, this one movie I'm I'm reading right now. Uh -oh. It's just like, uh, man, like, really? Like, that's why it's called that? You just make come up with a better title, you know? Like, we don't need it to be called that. I'm also not a big fan of this script. I mean, I'm a fan of part of it. The opening was so good. Liz, the opening was great. I would read this opening sequence. I'm like, I'm in it. I can't wait. This is fun. I want to know. I'm excited. I'm into it. And then as soon as you get out of the opening sequence, you're just like, oh, my God. But anyways, Unfulfilled I'm, potential. Very I'm still I'm still reading it. So I feel like a lot of times I'll get to that point and I'm just I'm just done and I go on to the next one. But like the fact that I'm like on page 67 of this thing, I'm like, well, there's got to be some good things in it that I'm why I'm keep reading it. If it was bad, if it was that bad. I would I would have stopped. But I don't know. Anyways, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a call out to anyone listening. Do you agree about titular scenes? Do you disagree yeah. about titular scenes? How did you, when do you finalize the title for your movies? By the way, no one ever responds when we ask these questions at the very Never. end of the show. So like you could Never. really stand out if you responded. Be the, be the first. Exactly. You could be the first and the last. You can always send us that question, comment, or suggestion to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com. If you like the show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at MMIH Podcast, YouTube at Making Movies is Hard Podcast. And just wanted to shout out California Jones, who has been supporting us on social yes. media lately. He's a new member of our team. I've not even met him. We just became Facebook friends. But California Jones, thanks for all your support. Thanks to our editor, Jeff Freimuth, for doing the editing. Thanks to our producer, Eric Toms, for being awesome. Belated and repeated thank you to Lucas Colshaw for doing the artwork. Just been a while since we've thanked you. Thanks to all of you for listening and talk to you all next week. <laughs>